0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: You need, you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason La Conforta. Welcome back to another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up, along with my man, Jason Lockdown. of course, we're here to talk football. Guys, we got three weeks left. Three weeks of the NFL season, and all of a sudden, things are starting to shape up a little bit. And, Jason, let's look back at what we saw this last weekend, because it was bananas. It was absolutely crazy, bro. First of all, everybody thought the Dolphins were going to go lay an egg against the Bills. Cold weather, Tua. He won't play well. That was the complete opposite. Even though the bills win, I, I take from this game that I was impressed with the way the dolphins responded. Now they got some snow in the fourth quarter, but it really didn't. That wasn't a deciding factor of how this game played out. Was this a moral victory for the dolphins?
1: I think it probably was, but it was also their third straight loss, which, um, not great. You know, the AFC is a pretty crowded picture there in the playoffs. Uh, I think there's more quality teams in the AFC than the NFC. And, you know, I'm also old enough to remember a time when Miami hadn't lost a game that Tua had started all year and Miami had an inside path to the division title because they won the first meeting against Buffalo, even though Buffalo was the better team and ran 90 plays to 38 for Miami. So I I think they have um, wasted a lot of collateral. I, I think their chances of this being a season um, uh, that's truly special are probably eroding because they're going to have to go on the road now um, every single week in the playoffs, and that's not going to be easy to to, to win more than once. But in terms of the overall sort of um, development and building of their football program operation um, in terms of getting out of – the dregs and looking like a team that with another good off season could could even build on this more yeah i'm buying all that but in real time you know getting beat by the 49ers and the chargers and the and the bills is bad business um it's it's really stacked the deck against them in terms of being a you know being a playoff factor i think
2: yeah, I don't know if they're a playoff team. I've been going back and forth on this. Let me rephrase that. Do they miss or make the playoffs? They are a playoff team. They played well enough to be in the playoffs, but do they miss or make the playoffs? And right now, I'm thinking they miss the playoffs. They might. And and you know,
1: if they do, this obviously was the fork in the road uh of their season. But I, I do think they learned a lot about themselves. The idea that the Bills were gonna bully them defensively the way the 49ers and the Chargers did, and we'll just beat up Waddle at the line of scrimmage and we'll just yep. reroute the cheetah outside the hash marks and this kid won't be able to throw the ball to him downfield to the outside. You know, that didn't prove true. And I think the biggest fundamental building block for them, now let's see if they can keep it going, was what they did on the ground. That looked like Mike McDaniel run game from his days in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. That Raheem Mostert looked like the Raheem Mostert who was doing that playoffs against Green Bay a couple of years ago or whatever. So um, there certainly were things that they will take from that that will help them. Um, but, yeah, their, their road to the postseason, this you know, the month of December has only gotten tougher.
2: I will say this about the Dolphins. And, and again, to, uh, you know – He surprised me in this game. He played better than expected, and and I I think that's the thing that I'm going to take from this game. Hey, guys, it's In the Huddle. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll continue to talk football through the end of the season. We get into the offseason. There's so much going on, but this is an exciting time of the year, unless you're Matt Ryan. I felt so bad for Matt Ryan after losing this game, and and only because— Now you're associated with the worst comeback or the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. And now you're also associated with the biggest comeback in the regular season. 33 points down were the Vikings and they come back and win. And let me say this, Jason, about this before you get into this game, because I've told you all season I don't buy the Vikings. I don't buy the Vikings. When I turned this game on, it was literally halftime. It was 33 nothing. And I started laughing and I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. And then the game started to play out. And I'm like, holy crap, is this going to happen? Yeah. But I've always thought Matt Ryan was a Hall of Famer. He's top 10 in passing yards. He's a former MVP. He did lead his team to the Super Bowl. He's the franchise leader for the the Atlanta Falcons in every category. But I got to tell you something. These are two monster spots that the world was watching. A Super Bowl in which you lose, which wasn't his fault. And a game where you only come back and score three points in the second half, again, wasn't his fault. But he's he's associated with it. I, I've been saying this weekend, I don't know if he makes the Hall of Fame. This is a monster scar on the resume.
1: Well, look, Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer for me, so there's no way Matt Ryan is for me. Maybe my standard's too high, but with the way this game has changed, the rules and everything else the last 15 years, I think you're in a slippery slope if Matt Ryan gets – if Matt Ryan's in – then Matt Stafford's definitely in. And guess what? Kirk Cousins is probably in too because Kirk Cousins is going to compile more than those other guys.
2: You're right. Um, now, even. let me ask you, so, why, why why, Eli? You say no Eli? I, I I've never heard too, you too, say this. I, I just think there's too many seasons where, like,
1: you can't go around leading the league in interceptions, you know, multiple times and be a, and be a Hall of Famer for me. I think if he played in a different market – um it wouldn't be as much of a conversation if his last name was different it wouldn't be as much of a conversation and that's taking nothing away from the the you know the two the two post where they had glory but there were a lot of seasons where to me he was a league average at best quarterback and there were a lot of seasons where he wasn't even he wasn't even that and he's someone who in my estimation um sort of like you're alluding to it Matt Ryan Held on a little too long and, and and wanted that job back from Geno Smith a little a little too much, <laughs> and it it just continued. Then you went you went from like a two to three year period where you're like, this guy's really no good, to like a five or six year period where you're like this guy's really not any good. Well, and the He's Giants holding the franchise back,
2: and you knew this too, right? The Giants management, you had people in management that wanted to hold on to him, and other people that wanted to move on from him. Yeah, so you're absolutely right about that. Um, but no, getting back to this. This
1: uh, Colts game, like a lot of people the day after last Thursday's game when Baker Mayfield pulls the comeback on the Raiders, a lot of people want to talk the next day about Baker Mayfield and Sean McVay and what that meant. And my takeaway from that game is Baker Mayfield's still just a guy. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> they scored three points for 55 minutes. And that game says way more about the Raiders than it does the Rams. Ditto here. This game to me says way more about the horse bleep operation that Jim Mercy and Jeff Saturday are running in Indianapolis than it does about what the Colts did. You, you you can't tell me it's a coincidence that they go from allowing 33 points in the fourth quarter of a professional football game the week before to blowing a thirty-three point lead, the following—you can't tell me that just any coach could accomplish that. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me just any staff could accomplish that. And it's just—it's just a coincidence. There's nothing to it, you know. <clears throat> People were running around after they beat the Raiders in his first game, like, "Oh, told you so." The 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 idiot owners taking victory laps on Twitter after one regular season game. <laughs> How you like it now? Yeah. How you like it now? Yeah. Well, I listen. dare you to stick with him, and I'll tell you what. Saturday knows he's not an NFL coach. Saturday knows he's not up for the fight. Saturday knows he ain't going to be there in an offseason, eighteen hours a day, planning minicamp and OTAs. And and as much as this owner might want <clears throat> to stick his feet in the ground and dig his heels in and and keep throwing money at this guy to
2: try to prove he's right, I don't think he wants to do it. So, so the, the, the Colts are in a bad spot, Jason. I mean, you need a quarterback, okay? The quarterback carousel has been going on for four years. Oh yeah. You need a quarterback. You need a coach that is going to be committed to the job, as you're talking about. And, and this, again, proves our theory, which if you go back, I don't know, three, four, five, six weeks ago, when Jason and I were talking about this, Brian Baldinger on In the Huddle, and we said this was BS, yeah. that this was not going to work, and this was a terrible decision. And now you have history on your side in a situation where you blow a 33-point lead. Here was my beef, Jason. Run the damn ball, Jeff Saturday. Right. Run That's what you're supposed to be. Just manage the clock. <laughs> Just manage the clock a
1: little bit. Unbelievable. You gave them two extra possessions. I mean, this is the same guy who also didn't know how to use timeouts two weeks before that. Like, it's a joke. And I, I feel... Bad for people paying real money to watch a fake football coach with an owner who's out to prove how smart he is not win football games. And and, and guess what? Is he still kind of winning because Ursay really wanted to tank? Yeah, but four wins is too many. Yeah. Maybe yeah, so right. he's picking second or third, and we'll get into this quarterback class down the line, but I, I don't think that there's a whole lot of day one he changes your franchise, guys, in this draft.
2: No, I don't Listen, so, t- talented guys, but I'm with you on that. I've been looking at this, too. And and the crazy thing is, if you were going to tank, if you are the Colts, you had to get the first overall pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck catching the Texans. Oh, what a mess. In the huddle, guys, let's talk about the Eagles. We now know Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder. Now, we don't know how that's going to affect moving forward. You know, this is, we're recording this in the middle of the week. And so for you guys, as we look ahead, we'll talk to Baldy about this later this week, but he may miss the Dallas game. But with that said, here's my issue with Hurts right now. He's playing great. The Eagles beat the the, the, the Bears, very talented, uh, or should I say a very entertaining game, 25-20. But Jason, he ran it 17 times on Sunday against the Bears, and he got hit 13 times, 13 quarterback yeah. hits. From that Bears defense, Why are you putting Jalen Hurts, your MVP, in jeopardy that much right now? Yeah, um, that game turned into
1: um, more of a dogfight than, you know, maybe some would have scripted it. Uh, The two early interceptions really hurt, and I think it turned into a, you know, sort of by any means necessary game instead of a, hey, maybe Gardner Minshew plays the fourth quarter game. In the flow, in the heat of the moment, you know, I think sometimes you do get tunnel vision and you don't see the big picture and you lean into the option game, you know, and you give that young man the authority over the offense that he deserves, in which case he's going to do whatever he thinks he's got to do to win that football game. Um, Look, I think they're the best team in football. I I think they're the deepest team in football. And I think Gardner-Mitch, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys start football games in this league. You know, we're looking at Kyle Allen and Sam Ellinger and like Colt McCoy. Right, Colt McCoy, Davis Mills, uh, Tyler Huntley. Like Gardner-Mitch, to me, it might be like the – I don't know, 18th to 24th best quarterback in the league. Like, he's not the – like, if you want to – like, let's – like, if you want to tell me that every team gets a starter, right, so that's 32 and then backup started 33. No, Gardner Minshew's better than any quarterback the Pittsburgh Steelers have. You know what I mean? Gardner Minshew's better than any quarterback the Texans have. Gardner Minshew's better than any quarterback the Colts have. Like, we could go down the line. So, like, do I think it falls off a cliff with Gardner Minshew? No, no. in dallas and now all of a sudden dallas is a wounded animal because they messed around and almost found out against the texans then they messed around and did find out against the Jags. (laughs) right uh yeah it's a tough spot but like i I, I, this line like went crazy i mean i think the line moved eight or nine points initially on the quarterback when it first news got out that that hurts might not be able to play that's too much for me. Like I, 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 I still like the Eagles in this spot. Um, and I think, you know, Minshew for a couple weeks, they'll be fine. And at 13 and one, they've, you know, they've padded their, they padded their resume and they've got a head to head win over the Vikings. So, um, I, I am sure that they will. Take the long view here and be, be as cautious as can be with this situation. Um, and I think Hertz will be back in plenty of time for the playoffs. Yeah, and they'll be the they'll be the team that I'll pick to come out of the NFC.
2: Yeah, I mean it's going to be hard to go to Philly and win when they're playing on top of their game and that defense is healthy and Jordan Davis is in the middle and all that they've had going on. Totally agree with you. Uh, um, and, and if if the Cowboys are going to be favored by nine or more, or whatever the hell the number is going to be, I'm all over the Eagles as well. That, that's yeah. that's too much. They're still too good of a team defensively. Number one in takeaways. I I can't dismiss all of that. Jason for Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. Tell your friends. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Let's talk about the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. They allow a special teams touchdown, Jason. Yeah. Uh, A game-winning drive. And they're finding new ways to break their their fan base's hearts. We've been talking about the Jets, and I'm on them. I like what I'm seeing defensively. But – this is more about the Lions, right? I mean, you talk about finding ways to win with Dan Campbell. Yes. Seven and seven. All of a sudden now, they've got the look of a playoff team. That offense oh, yeah. is so explosive. I love watching the Lions, and I never thought me I'd too. ever say that. I nope. never thought I'd ever say that. So what are you thinking about this as far as where the Jets are, what happened, and and Zach Wilson, and where the Lions yeah. are right now? Well,
1: the Lions are, to me, the third – or fourth best team in the NFC. I may have said that a few weeks ago. Ben Johnson is my favorite offensive coordinator to watch this season. The things he does from week to week to put guys in position to win in the run game, in the passing game, the fourth and short call that he made around midfield, the way that thing was scripted, the the way it was isolated, how easy he made it for Jared Goff, um, and how effective it was. I mean, it won the game, and it covered (laughs) <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes. Uh although I guess by that point the line had moved so much that they were actually yeah, I took them on the money line two different times last week when they were getting one and a half. Um thought they went out right. They did. It's a gutsy win. This mm. team for a year and a half under Dan Campbell couldn't win on the road. Now they've won three in a row. Um is the offense better in the dome? Yeah, is Jared Goff better at home? Yeah. But You know, they go to Carolina this week. I think they can do it again. It'll probably be another low-scoring game. Um, And they've made real improvements defensively. I mean, this was a team, Carl, that coming into November, like everybody's hanging 30 on them. It's just do you get 33? Do you get 38? And now they're playing games in the 20s. They're making it hard for you to get to 21, knowing they're going to hang 30 on a lot of people on their day, especially when they're home. So, Again, in that conference, man, once they get in, because I think they're getting in, it's not going to be too big for them. And the way they can – that offensive line, man, the way they can bully you, that stuff plays. Yeah, they're good. Um, And they got multiple receivers. I mean, they – they bully you in the run game, and they kill you in play
2: action deep. They're an interesting team. They are, and, and golf. Give him credit, man. He's playing great. I mean, he's not turning it over. Yep. He's making the necessary throws. You've got to make uh, the, the Lions right now, guys. With three weeks left, are the most interesting team in the NFL, and, and only because of all the things Jason just laid out. If they get in, just watch out. I'm telling you, I don't think any team in the league right now wants to face them nope. in the first round, right? Because that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem.